TII item 387, March 21st, 2016, iPhone SE and iPad Pro 9.7 incher. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Golly! Oh, yeah! My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. This episode is sponsored by Bowl and Branch. Visit bowlandbranch.com and use promo code TII to save 20% off your order and to get free shipping. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Steve for sending in the music here in the background. Steve wrote, Hi, Rob. This song is called Magali Diagical and was created on an iOS device using GarageBand and lots of other apps. Regards, Steve Vale, a.k.a. Rabbi Steve. Folks, for more info on how Rabbi Steve put together his songs, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 381. It was very extensive and detailed. Thanks, Steve, for the music, and folks, I'll put the full song at the end of the episode. Also, I want to thank Tosin for sending in the artwork for today's show. Tosin wrote the following. Hi, Rob. Don't know if you get this, but it's my weird sense of humor at play. T-I-I. I use the native camera, juxtaposer app, Facetune, and waterlogged app to work this. Regards, Tosno. Thanks, Tosin, for sending this artwork in. And folks, you can see Tosin's artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 387 or at instagram.com slash todayinos, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com slash todayinos. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email to me at todayinios at gmail.com Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, we predict the iPhone will bomb, which means that when the iPhone comes out, Dig will likely be full of horror stories from poor saps who camped out at their local AT&T store only to find their purchase was buggier than a camp cabin. Unquote. Seth Borge, The Futurist, 7th of June, 2007. Here's something that's rather interesting. Let me read Seth Porges' Wikipedia entry. Seth Porges is an American science and technology journalist and television commentator, as well as the founder of the fashion app Cloth. That's the first sentence in his Wikipedia entry. In his first sentence in his Wikipedia entry, he is now known for an iOS-only app, Cloth. Just saying. No promo codes this week. If you're a dev or an iBook author, shame on you for not sending in your promo codes. And our quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook, indicating you are the dev or the author up front. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. And before we get into what Apple announced at their event today... I want to go over this bit of link bait misreporting, which is why I'm keeping the How Wrong Were They music running in the background. This was reported out there by many, but let me read this title of a post from ZDNet. Quote, iOS malware ace deceiver can infect non-jailbroken Apple devices. Unquote. And they follow that with this lead paragraph. Quote, this new strain of malware designed for the iPhone and iPad, poses a major risk to hundreds of millions of devices because it can infect non-jailbroken devices without the user's knowledge, unquote. Wow, that sounds really ominous. Hide all your iOS devices. The sky's falling. The sky's falling. Well, except for that whole major risk part and without the user's knowledge part. See, later in the article is this minor little point. Quote, with Ace Deceiver, the victim first downloads a Windows program named AC Helper, which purports to be software that provides jailbreaking, system backup, device management, and system cleaning, unquote. Oh, and that app, AC Helper, is just in China right now. So for Ace Deceiver to work, you need to have a Windows machine, install the app AC Helper, and be in China. So yeah, that whole major risk and without user's knowledge part, well, if not flat out misreporting, then it is bad reporting at best. Is this a risk? Yes, a very minor risk. 
which requires the end user to first install an app from a questionable at best source from China and one that says it will help you jailbreak. And then it does a man in the middle attack, which means it gets between your computer and the app. Anyway, you have to work very hard to get burned by this one. It is not a major risk and it is not without the user's knowledge. From John H. over on the Google Plus community, quote, new iPhones and iPads coming out in a few days. Will there be a bingo card? Lots of rumors to bet on, unquote. Hi, John. Not this time around. I felt the rumors were really not about new category products, but updates to products for the most part. Some overdue updates, long overdue. The event started out with 40 years and 40 seconds video. And it was just showing different, you know, a quick word up there for a second or less about something that Apple had done over the last 40 years. And oh, they had a little dig at the Newton where they showed the Newton and then all of a sudden they showed it scribbled out. That was kind of mean. Tim started by talking about 1 billion Apple devices that are currently in use around the world. Then he talked about Apple v. FBI debate. And he asked how much power the government should have over our data and he said he believes it is Apple's responsibility to protect you and your data, and Apple will not back down from that responsibility. First major thing they went into was about the environment. Lisa Jackson came on stage and she talked about what Apple is doing to protect the environment. Apple's goal is 100% using renewable energy in all their facilities. Currently, Apple has 93% of their facilities worldwide that are running on renewable energy. They then talked about 99% of packaging materials coming from recyclable paper or paper coming out of sustainable forests. There was a video showing how Apple is now recycling old iOS devices with a cute little robot and named Liam who rips them apart and separates the parts. Then they switched over from health of the world to your health. And they talked about their health app initiatives and some of those studies possible with research kit, which of course they had a video for. And the key message in the research kit is not just about the research, but the tools and results they are getting from all the data being collected, like being able to predict when a seizure is about to happen for someone with epilepsy or, or getting to that point. And they also announced the launch of Care Kit. With the first app, they are launching geared towards people with Parkinson's. Tim came back on stage and, as predicted, announced some Apple Watch bands. First up was the new woven nylon band. Then they also mentioned a space black Melanie's band and some real exciting stuff here. Tongue firmly pressed in cheek. And then the price for the Apple Watch came down to $299 for the base price, so from $349 to $299 and from the $399 to $349. So a $50 price cut for the Apple Watch. And then I also saw those $50 prices up on the uh, stainless steel ones as well. And it was that quick. Tim rolled right into Apple TV. I think they actually spent more time talking about yaks eating hay under solar panels than they actually did about the Apple Watch. Seriously, folks. Per Apple TV, there are over 5,000 apps on the App Store for Apple TV now. Tim talked about some different apps, including the NCA March Madness app, which is pretty cool, by the way. He talked about the new features for the Apple TV coming in the new update, which is available today. But basically, it was about apps that Siri will search through, which now includes movies and TV shows on iTunes, of course, Showtime, PBS, PBS Kids, HBO Now, Netflix, Hulu, ABC, Fox Now, Daily Planet Now, Watch Disney XD, Watch Disney, Watch Disney Junior. Fox Now, NBC, CBS, A&E, History, Lifetime, and FYI, with those last few to be added shortly, along with Tim Cook's promise that there would be others added in the near future. As mentioned on past episodes, Folders is a new feature being added to the latest update for tvOS. There is also dictation when you need to enter info into a text box. This includes usernames and passwords. iCloud Photo Library and also live photo support, plus Siri for the App Store. Again, that update to tvOS is available today, as in right now. Next up was the announcement as expected for the new iPhone, the new 4-incher. Apple stated they had sold over 30 million 4-inch iPhones in 2015. For those with really good memories, 
That is versus the total of 231.6 million iPhones sold in 2015, or somewhere over 13% of all iPhones that were sold in 2015 were 4 inches. The rumors leading up to the event was it would be called either the iPhone 5SE or the iPhone 6SE. Well, it seems like even Apple could not decide, as the new iPhone is called simply the iPhone SE, which is really strange. So yes, the iPhone lineup is now the 6S Plus, 6 Plus, 6S, 6, and SE. What does that mean for the next iPhone's name? Well, most likely it will not rhyme with Heaven or Devon. Most likely the next iPhones will be the iPhone and the iPhone Pro. So then it would be the iPhone Pro and the iPhone and iPhone SE. But then in the update years or the off years or the secondary years, what happens? Why? going to get really confusing no matter what happens in September. But for now, we'll call the iPhone SE just the SE to make things a little simpler in talking about it. One of the rumors was it was going to be similar to the iPhone 5S in size, but have the rounded edges and styling of the 6 and 6S. Um, no. It's actually the exact same package as the 5S. Both the 5S and the SE are 123.8 millimeters, by 58.6 millimeters by 7.6 millimeters. The buttons and ports are all in the exact same spots. If you have a case for the iPhone 5S or 5, it should work fine with the SE, which is actually good news. The only thing different is there is now a rose gold version for the SE to go along with the silver gold and space gray versions. But as they say, looks can be deceiving because inside it is nothing at all like the 5S and it's really almost, with quotes around almost, the same as the 6S. The SE has the same A9 processor as the 6S, with the same embedded M9 coprocessor. Yes, that means it supports always on Siri. And a big yes, it will support live photos. It has the same 12 megapixel EyeSight cameras, 6S and 6S Plus. Seems Apple must have gotten a good deal on that camera module. More on that later. The SE supports the new 63 megapixel panorama spec. It can capture 4K videos at 30 frames per second, 1080p HD video up to 30 frames per second, slow-mo video up to 240 frames per second, True Tone Flash, Bluetooth 4.2. There is NFC, which means support for Apple Pay. Well, that is if you live in the U.S. or the U.K. or Canada or Australia or China. But while the SE is almost the same as success internally, it's not identical. Some of the specs were a little different. It only comes in two storage options, 16 don't choose me gigabytes, and 64, this is the one you want gigabytes. There is no 128 ideal gigabyte option. If you are even remotely thinking of the 16 gigabyte version, did we mention the 4K video and slow-mo up to 200 frames per second? Yes, yes we did. So any sane person would be best to stay far, far away from the 16 gigabyte version. Just saying. Some other ways it is different than the 6S. The LTE is not the LTE Advanced, just the same as the LTE that's in the 6 and 6 Plus. Same with the Wi-Fi, matching the specs of the 6 and 6 Plus. The fingerprint sensor is not the second-gen fingerprint sensor that you find in the 6S and 6S Plus. It's the one that you find on the 6 and the 6 Plus, and the 5S for that matter. The FaceTime camera, or front-facing camera, depending on what you want to call it, it's also the same as the 6 and the 6 Plus. That's 1.2 megapixels versus the 5 megapixels on the 6S and 6S Plus. Plus, the SE does have the retina flash for the FaceTime selfies. Battery life for the SE is the same as the 6 and the 6S for the most part, with up to 14 hours of talk time on 3G, up to 10 days of standby, as if that would ever happen. Audio playback is up to 50 hours. However, a couple of battery specs are a little bit better. Video playback is 13 hours versus 11 hours for the 6 and 6S, but below the 14 hours for the 6 Plus and 6S Plus. And the internet use is better as well, with 13 hours on LTE and Wi-Fi versus 12 hours on the 6 Plus and 6S Plus, and 10 hours on the 6 and 6S. One thing missing on the SE, which is on all of the six iPhones, is the barometer. That's right, no barometer on this SE. The best way to describe the SE is it is like Apple took the 5S and then randomly picked specs from the 6 and 6S to add to it. 
However, they did seem to pick more of the six S specs than the six specs, and clearly picked the most important ones, the A9 processor and the 12 megapixel camera. Unsubsidized, you're free to do whatever you want with pricing for the SE, is $399 for the 16 don't buy me gigabyte version, and $499 for the 64 time to pad Apple's margins gigabyte version. You can pre-order the SE on March 24th, and it will be available on March 31st to get it in your hands. Well, that is if you live in Australia, Canada, China, France, Germany, Gotham, Hong Kong, Japan, New Zealand, Puerto Rico, Singapore, United Kingdom, and the United States, with over 110 other countries, or total countries, by the end of May. If you were someone holding out for the new 4-incher iPhone, I think you'll be very pleased with the specs of the new SE. It does look to be a very powerful and fast device for gaming and video, but small and with very good battery life. Next up was talk about iOS 9.3, which is what the SE will ship with. Apple stated that over 80% of iOS devices are now running iOS 9.0 or later, versus just 2% for the last major update of Android, both of which were released around the same time in the fall. Nice little jab there at Android. iOS 9.3 is available today, right now. Should you download it today? Eh, I say wait a few days, just because of everyone else downloading it. Most likely, iOS 9.3 Goldmaster will be the most stable, bug-free, single-dot update ever, thanks to the seven betas. Most likely, that is. That's another reason to wait a week. Let's make sure it is. That all said, if you have been listening the past 10 or so episodes, we have gone over the new features for iOS 9.3. The biggest ones are Night Shift. This is where, at night, the screen shifts to warmer colors to make it easier to go to sleep, which is kind of important, especially when you're in your new bowl and branch sheets. The Notes app, where you can now password protect your notes. You can also sort notes automatically by either date edited or date created or title. To set that, you need to go into the Settings app and then Notes. Actually, you need to go there as well to turn on or off password protection. There are also improvements to the Health app with categories such as weight, workouts, and sleep having a new slider menu showing apps you can easily add to your health dashboard. And it now shows more of your health data from your Apple Watch iOS 9.3 also has updates to the News app and the For You section from Apple. Quote, the articles in the For You are now better tailored to your particular interest. We search your emails and Snapchats and your porn searches to figure out your fetishes and tailor the News app to meet your needs. Unquote. Okay, maybe I paraphrased just a teeny bit there. But the point is they are making the results that you see in For You more for you. CarPlay gets some new features with Nearby You and the Maps app showing you gas, parking, restaurants, and more that that are close by with just a tap. And the biggest update for iOS 9.3, at least how it seems from Apple's perspective, is with regards to education use. With an iPad, there is now shared iPad for students, where students can log in to any iPad in any classroom and make it their own. There is a new Classrooms app, quote, Teachers can guide students through a lesson, see their progress, and keep them on track, unquote. Apple's school manager is a single porter where admins can do everything from creating Apple IDs to purchasing apps to prepping devices for MDM. And the new Apple IDs are a special kind for education and created and assigned by the school. So if you're an admin at a school, some new tools are coming your way. You might want to go to apple.com slash education slash preview. Her iOS 9.3 availability, well, that's today, as in right now. The last thing in the event was the iPad update. That had also been rumored. They had some quotes about the iPad Pro from John Lesseter, Chief Creative Officer of Pixar. Quote, the iPad Pro and the Apple Pencil are the closest we've ever been able to get in the digital world to actually drawing on paper, unquote. One accessory they added that podcasters should be excited about, and Phil Schiller even mentioned podcasters for this, is a new USB camera adapter, which is powered, which means you plug in the connector to your lightning port, and then there is a USB port and a lightning port on it. So then you plug in the lightning cord into it, 
this powered Lightning to USB camera adapter then will allow you to plug in mics like your Yeti mic right into your iPad. Sweet! And Phil, thank you for the mention to podcasters. Always great to hear Apple up there mentioning podcasters. Again, as expected, they added a new iPad Pro with the 9.7-inch version. It is less than one pound. They talked about how there have been over 200 million iPads with 9.7-inch screens sold to date. That is over 65% of all the iPads sold to date. Apple said pretty strongly with the new iPad Pro, they are going after the PC replacement market and joked that there are over 600 million PCs over five years old still in use. Ouch. There are now over 1 million apps that have been designed for the iPad. One of the things they pointed out about the new 9.7 incher is that it uses the same display technology as the iPad Pro 12.9 inch version, especially with regards to the input and touch on it. However, they did add a new feature. They introduced True Tone Display. It measures the ambient light and adjusts the display based on the surrounding light. It has the same four speakers as the original iPad Pro. It's the same A9X processor with integrated M9 coprocessor. There is a new smart keyboard designed for the 9.7-inch version. No word on if the 12.9-inch smart keyboard would work or with it or not. But the 9.7-inch smart keyboard is $20 less at $149 versus the $169 for the 12.9-inch smart keyboard. And of course, it supports the Apple Pencil. The cameras on the 9.7-inch iPad Pro are better than the 12.9-inch version. There is a 12-megapixel iSight camera. does seem Apple got a good deal on those cameras as they are now in the 6S, 6S Plus, SE, and the iPad Pro 9-inch. And you can shoot 4K video with it. You can shoot live photos with it. There is a True Tone Flash, a panorama photos up to 63 megapixels. There is a 5 megapixel FaceTime camera, same as the 6S and 6S Plus. Essentially, the cameras on the iPad Pro, or not even essentially, the cameras on the iPad Pro are the same as the cameras that are on the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus with the same features and capabilities. Well, actually, it's the same as 6S, not the 6S Plus, because 6S Plus has a little um, mechanical stabilization. But the iPad Pro 9.7-inch and the iPhone 6S, same cameras. There's silver, gold, space gray, and rose gold. And finally, they added a 256-gigabyte version at $899. They also added a 256-gig version for the 12.9-inch iPad Pro as well. Pricing for the iPad Pro 9.7-incher starts at $599 for the 32, still too small gigabyte Wi-Fi only version and goes up to $1,029 for the 256, now we're talking gigabyte Wi-Fi and cellular version. Actually, here how pricing breaks down overall for the iPad line iPad mini starts at $269, iPad Air 2 from $399, yes, they lowered that. The iPad Pro 9.7-incher from $599, and the iPad Pro 12.9-incher from $799. And the new 12.9-incher with 256, yeah, now we're talking gigabytes of storage, and Wi-Fi plus cellular will cost you $1,229 or $1,497 when you add the Apple Pencil and Smart Keyboard. March 31st is availability of the new 9.7-inch iPad Pro. This was the last product announcement at that town hall stage for Apple, and this is the stage from which the iPod and the App Store were both announced. In 2017, a new campus will be where the next town hall event is likely held. The whole event was just a couple of minutes over an hour, so a shorter event for how these things typically go. By the way, Watch OS was updated today, and note it requires your iPhone to be on iOS 9.3 first, so make sure you update to iOS 9.3 if you want the latest update to Watch OS. And speaking of the Apple TV and now being able to better search with Siri, plus add in the new season of House of Cards on Netflix and the upcoming season of Game of Thrones on HBO Go app, you have a lot of Apple TV and time in bed coming in the future. And while in bed, why not treat yourself to the softest and most comfortable sheets you can get? The sheets from Bowling Branch are made from 100% organic cotton because organic cotton is incredibly soft. And the sheets get softer each time you wash them. We've had ours for over seven months now, and they are incredible. You can easily tell when the Bowling Branch sheets are on the bed. With Bowling Branch, you get the nicest sheets you've ever owned for about half the price of what stores and boutiques would be charging for sheets of far lower quality. I really could not believe how excited my wife was to get these new sheets. 
And the box they came in and individual pouches for the sheets and pillowcases, well, the presentation was incredible and very Apple-esque. Go to bowlandbranch.com for 20% off your entire order and use promo code TII. Again, go to Bowl and Branch and use promo code TII and Bowl is spelled B-O-L-L. These sheets are only sold online at bowlandbranch.com. You can't buy them in any stores. That is how they keep the pricing low and free of markups. But here's the best part. Don't take my word for it. Try them out for yourself for 30 days risk-free. Bowl and Branch is so sure you're going to fall in love with their sheets that they give you 30 nights to try them out. If you or your significant other doesn't love them for any reason, they will take them back and refund you without any hassle at all. Go online to bowl, that's B-O-L-L and branch.com. And if you use promo code TII, you'll save 20% off your entire order of sheets, towels, blankets, duvet covers, everything, plus free shipping. And all their products come beautifully packaged in their signature boxes. Go to bowlandbranch.com today for 20% off your entire order and use promo code TII. Okay, time to go over a little bit of the feedback from the Apple event today from the email bag. Hi, Rob. Today's announcement on all the new goodies from Apple is a sure sign that they are stepping up their game. I am confident that Apple has reawakened the tablet computer market with the 9.7-inch Pro iPad. The announcement today, along with stats such as 600 million PCs that are five years and older, was Apple's way of serving notice that the Windows PC was walking the green mile and the iPad Pro 9.7-inch, along with the available keyboard, was going to play a part of the warden pulling the switch. Needless to say, today is one day that I'm glad not to be an Android fanboy. Regards, Shane in St. John's, Newfoundland. Hi Rob, I see that Apple is now touting offline dictation in iOS 9.3 for the A9 equipped devices, 6S, 6S Plus, iPad Pro. As I had written previously, this has been around for a while, although exactly how long I cannot say. I stumbled upon it all around the beginning of the year, certainly no earlier than iOS 9. For whatever reason, Apple chose to keep it a secret until now. I hope this fixes a bug I've been experiencing where every so often my iPhone will refuse to take any dictation at all until I reboot the phone. Regards, Kevin Barry. Well, thanks, Kevin and Shane. Also from that email bag, Hi Rob, kind of bummed about today's announcement. My wife and I both need laptop upgrades and I was hoping for some kind of announcement about that. I know it wasn't expected, but I was still hopeful. What I really want for the iPhone 7 is something a little thicker with a longer battery life. I'd be more than happy to sacrifice thickness for battery life. My wife has the battery case from Apple and really loves it, but I have a plus and they don't make one for that yet. Still bummed about the flyers. Regards, Mike and Dayton. Well, thanks, Mike, for the email. And yes, very, very sad game against the Qs on Friday. Just 235 more days until next season. Not that I'm counting or anything. From the Google Plus community with regards to the Apple event, from Tosano, quote, loving care kit, unquote. From Myron Euchre, quote, iPhone SE, the 4-inch iPhone, is basically a smaller iPhone 6S, 16 and 64 gig sizes, and better prices starting at $399, unquote. From Francisco Tapia, they also didn't mention the 7000 series aluminum, which makes me think it is not, to which... Karthik M replied, but this is much thicker phone. So relieved that the power button went back to the top. I love this. Pity it only comes in 64 gig. Everything else is perfect. To which I would say the power button did not move back as it is the same external design as the 5S. So it stayed up top where it belongs. But yes, I agree. Nice to see it's still up top. From Tosin O, I believe I have found a reason to buy another iPad since my 4th gen 128 gig iPad. From Tony Law, looks like I'm finally be upgrading my iPad Air. From Carly Goodman, me too, I just tried to order it. Available to order on 324, I guess I'm getting the 256 gig one, yes! And from Daniel Soul, and me! Seems quite a few of you are excited about the new iPad Pro specs in the 9.7-inch package, which, when you add in the improved color handling and better cameras, is a much nicer offering than the 12.9-incher from November. From Stephen Watley, so pre-orders start on March 24th, but what time? Midnight Eastern Time? Midnight Pacific Time? 8 a.m. Eastern Time? 8 a.m. Pacific Time? Thanks. 
Typically, pre-orders will start either at 12.01 a.m. Pacific time or between 4 a.m. Pacific time and 6 a.m. Pacific time. But I think uh, Nick Brown's reply is probably accurate. He said, it won't matter. They'll have plenty of stock. And I would agree with that. As I don't see this being something there's a shortage of uh, or long lead times could be wrong. But again, it's only about 13% of iPhones that were purchased in 2015 that were 4 inches. I should state, we are now over 3,000 members on our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined and thanks for the great posts. One new post in the Google Plus community that went up since the last episode came and it was from Stephen Watley who posted the following. Quote, are there any fully relational database apps for iOS that stores data locally on the device or syncs to the iCloud? I have looked for a few apps. Most are single ta- table apps, my stuff too, or require the data to be on the server, Airtable. The ability to store media such as photos is a must. Price is not important to a limit, like not over $100 US, unquote. And some of the replies were from Jeff Hernandez, quote, FileMaker Go is free. It's fully relational and stores your data locally. However, you build it in FileMaker Pro on a Mac or Windows. If you build it within the 30-day trial period, your database is completely free forever. And go to FileMaker.com for that, unquote. Stephen asked, quote, FileMaker sounds good, but I thought the product was no longer supported, or is it just Bento that's no longer supported, unquote. And I can answer that, just Bento, which is no longer supported. Ed Tilden also added, quote, I use Tap Forms and can sync to iCloud or Dropbox and syncs on my iMac, MacBook, iPhone, and iPad, unquote. Folks, if you know of any other databases or use any other database programs that meet Steven's requirements for iOS, please let us know. Shoot us an email, todayinios at gmail.com, or give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Since the last episode, there were also dozens and dozens of other new posts and comments in the TII Google Plus community, which is an Android fanboy's free zone and a spammer-free zone. Yep, it is the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. And thanks to all 3,000 plus of you already in the community and contributing. There's another article on ZDNet, and this one's titled, Apple's iPhone SE, Can It Prod Customers to Buy Two iPhones? Question mark. Huh? From the article, quote, Apple launched the iPhone SE, which is designed to address a market for 4-inch smartphones target a lower-end market and potentially emergent markets too, but perhaps the biggest win for the company would be to convince its customers to buy two smartphones, unquote. Wow, that sounds a lot like this quote. Quote, once the initial fever wears off, however, the bloom will really be off the rose and sales will be disappointing, at least here in the U.S. The iPhone won't be your only phone, but it could be the coolest one on your menagerie for a while. But that would mean a massive shift in U.S. consumer behavior. If Apple can convince U.S. consumers to adopt multiple phones, the iPhone has a chance of tremendous success. If not, then it will be a flash in the pan. It'll be mildly successive, like Apple's desktops and notebooks, which have a 5% market share, but not at the level of the Razer or Nokia's popular phones. Unquote. That was from Jim Lauterbach, PC Magazine, the 6th of June, 2007. Seems the idea of Apple needing to convince people to buy a second iPhone for the iPhone to be successful has been around, well, longer than the iPhone. The next post goes under rumors with a capital R and then a few other capital letters. The post is titled 10 New Functions That Come With The iPhone 7. And they start with the release date and they give a uh, September 2016 date. Really? Not even a specific day, just a whole month. Yeah, nice guys. For the display, they are saying it will be a sapphire display. At this point, I'm thinking BGR Digitimes is involved. For hardware, they give the meh A10 processor answer. Duh. Then they repeat the common refrain of removal of the 3.5mm headphone jack. Per the camera, they say there will be a 16 megapixel rear camera and an 8 megapixel front camera. Cause why not? And that the camera will be thinner so as not to protrude from the back. 
well, now that the camera on the iPhone, iPad Pro 9.7 inch is the same as the iPhone 6S, yeah, they kind of have to improve it. They talk about the iPhone 7 being waterproof. I think that's something we came pretty close to with the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus. And Apple will likely make as make it waterproof for the next gen. I'm just not convinced they'll actually say it's waterproof. They also bring up the off-rumored wireless charging. And I should clarify there. I don't mean off-rumored just for the iPhone 7. I mean off-rumored for any new generation iPhone for the last three or four years. They also mention a USB-C port. Hmm. Again, they seem to be channeling BGR and Digitimes here. And they say it'll start at the all-too-low 16 gigabyte storage level. Either Photoshop and a halfway decent job, or a good leaked photo was found on a Chinese site that is supposed to be a picture of a lightning connector on a set of earbuds. So yes, the traditional 3.5 millimeter jack is replaced with a lightning connector. Again, I'm guessing on the Photoshop, or at least a knockoff or fake, as the cord is not white, it's gray. Apple cords are always white. But if you want to see what it might look like, sans the wrong color, the photo achieves that. I'm still leaning towards the 3.5 millimeter jack getting jacked and replaced with the stereo speaker and just a lightning port for the headphones going forward. One thing I think we're going to see probably around the end of April, early May is a leaked photo in one of those sites for the next gen iPhone. It's usually about that time of year when it finally hits a production line or pre-assembly line in China and someone snaps a picture, which is almost impossible for them to block at this point. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. Per episode 386 and the person looking for MVNO with Wi-Fi calling, as you mentioned, all MVNOs at this time do not support Wi-Fi calling. A compromise might be to use an MVNO and then use VoIP app on your iPhone over Wi-Fi. It will be slightly less convenient, but there are many apps to choose from. Some like Yellow Call Recorder, will allow free incoming calls and let you use your existing phone number. So at least for incoming calls, it will be transparent for people trying to call you. If you use Vonage or other VoIP services already, they have an iPhone app that lets you make and receive calls using your existing Vonage phone number. So that might work also. Google Hangouts, Skype, and other VoIP-style apps may be a solution, but you will probably need to use their phone numbers or play tricks with call forwarding from your existing numbers to get a compromised solution. There's a downside to Wi-Fi calling built into the iPhone and using the carrier. When Wi-Fi calling is enabled, handoff is disabled, so you like having text or phone calls coming through to your Mac or iPad, etc. simultaneously, you lose that if you turn on Wi-Fi calling. I started out on T-Mobile, and then they were one of the first to have Wi-Fi calling. Unfortunately, the terrible cell coverage in my hometown was just too painful, so I switched to Cricket and MVNO for AT&T, and the coverage has been excellent. Features are reasonable, and the price is lower than AT&T itself. Maybe the iPhone 7 and the increased bands, I will revisit my choice of carriers, but Cricket recently added free voice and data international coverage to some countries like T-Mobile. So I am pretty happy with them. Regards, Robert S. Hi, Rob. Here's a tip for your listeners. Many commercial institutions send us text messages using a five or six digit identifier instead of a phone number. For example, my Walmart pharmacy uses 632-57 and Amazon uses 292966. It would be more meaningful to see the name Amazon on the text message than 9292-966. So here's how to fix that. Simply create or add to a contact entry for the company using the short code as a phone number. So for example, create an entry for Amazon in your contacts using a phone number of 292-966. I use the qualifier other to identify such numbers. Once you do this, all text messages from that company will be identified with the company name, not the number. You can create a contact entry directly from your message app by selecting the details at the top right of the message, then clicking the circled I in the upper right, followed by create new contact or add to existing contact. Regards, Fred and Raleigh. Well, thanks, Fred, and also Robert, for your emails. This week for a Kickstarter project, we have the quote 
Koala Mount 2.0 Universal Smartphone and Tablet Wall Mount, unquote, which is a, quote, simple damage-free mount for any modern smart device, including iPads and iPhones, unquote. If you are looking to mount your iOS device to the wall, if this is one you're interested in, you have until April 7th at 8 p.m. Central Time to fund it. Pricing on this is $12 per mount or $45 for five mounts, which I don't know why you would buy an odd number, or $80 for 10 mounts. Delivery is slated for April for the early birds and June for the other levels. If you want more info on this, search for Koala Mount, two words, in kickstarter.com or in the show notes for episode 387 at todayinios.com. Here is some feedback on iOS 9.3 updates from the Google Plus community. From Myron Euchre, he said, iOS 9.3 is available now. You all know Rob's precautions about being the first to jump on the bandwagon, though it should be pretty stable after seven beta cycles, but even for me on public beta, there is a 1.5 gigabyte download, so there must be some more changes. From Karthik M, it's only 300 megabytes for the over-the-air update on my iPhone 6. From John LaFazia, I'm on the beta 2, and it's also 1.5 gig, but my wife was at 300 megabytes for her download, and she wasn't on the beta. From Angie Lowe, and said, I've done my iPad mini, 267 megabytes, not done the iPhone yet, but a friend has done his, and it was about 300 megabytes. From Timmy T, beta users have to download pretty much a clean package. And from Myron, again, installed iOS 9.3 on both my iPad Air 2 and iPhone 6S. No issues to report. It just took a while to complete. From Blair Jones, I do my update in reverse order of importance. Just in case there are problems, I do the iPhone last. I do it after a sync and backup. I do it to the PC, not the cloud. And when I could, make a dash to the Genius Bar if necessary. There's no rush. From Craig B., I just updated my iPhone 6, no problems. About to update my iPad mini and my MacBook Air. Don't bother to back up because I'm in a hotel a thousand miles from my main MacBook Pro. Ouch, Craig, you are a brave man to do an update when you don't have your main computer with you and you are on the road. Folks, don't try this at home. Well, I mean, actually, only try this at home. Don't try this on the road. Always best to wait until you are at home and not traveling, and have time to fix things if stuff breaks. I will do my major updates on Friday for most of the devices in the house, so I have the weekend to fix anything if needed. If you ever wanted to really dig deep into the whole technical side of the Apple v. FBI kerfuffle, there is a really good, and by good I mean long and technical, article titled Untangling iOS Pen Code Security. It is at markan.st, M-A-R-C-A-N.st. Link in the show notes, of course. It goes over, how does iOS pin security work? What does the FBI want? How does firmware signing work? How much effort would it take Apple to comply? Does this undermine the security of all iPhones? Has Apple done this in the past? What can the FBI do to avoid relying on Apple's help and more? Again, look for Untangling iOS Pin Security in the show notes for episode 387. I am not going to go into this in detail for this because the FBI basically just said, um, never mind. Seems the DOJ made a request to postpone their courtroom showdown on Tuesday, the 22nd. They made this request after saying it may have found an alternative way into the iPhone saying they may no longer need the assistance from Apple. From the DOJ, quote, On Sunday, March 20th, 2016, an outside party demonstrated to the FBI a possible method for unlocking Farouk's iPhone. If the method is viable, it should eliminate the need for the assistance from Apple, Inc., unquote. Or, as I said to start, um, never mind. So the question is now that they have found a way in, how much harder do you think Apple's going to be working on making the next version of the iPhone even more secure? Scott from Washington, D.C., Capitol Hill. Great segue last episode on bringing the fact that you're coming to Washington, D.C., G-Dub, Foggy Bottom, to do a 
speaking engagement on how to become a podcaster. Great. I will be there. I will, I'm not going to bring my iPad Pro, or maybe I should. I don't know. But great. I'll see you here. Please, in July, remind all of us in New York, New Jersey, Philly, Pennsylvania, Delaware, uh, Northern Virginia, and Maryland that you're going to be in our area. Maybe a lot of us will come out and see you. Hope your wife makes it. I heard she never seen or heard you speak uh, live anywhere. And maybe the Donald will be there as well. <laughs> but um, looking forward to seeing you in July again. Remind us in July about your date in Washington, and I'll see you there. Thanks, Ralph, for everything you do. And I'm going to get you a photo of some cherry blossoms since they're just blooming so that we can put on your um, Bay and iOS page. Cherry Blossoms Live. Thanks. And from the email bag, hi, Rob. In the last episode of TI, you mentioned you and your wife will be attending and lecturing at an event in Washington, D.C. Can you send me details of the event? I'm very interested. Thanks, Tony from Brooklyn. Well, gentlemen, I will be presenting at the Blogging Wild Brown Conference at George Washington University in the Foggy Bottoms on Saturday, July 16th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you go to bloggingwildbrown.com, you can get more information. And yes, I will mention it again prior to the event. And I look forward to meeting both of you in D.C. From the Google Plus community and Rick Black, quote, not quite understanding how to password protect my notes. Anyone else having luck? Unquote. Well, first, you want to go to settings and notes and then password and set up your password and turn on Touch ID. Then go to the notes app itself. Next, you need to know this is for the notes that are on your iOS device. If you go back to the folders of your notes, you may see some notes for an account that will usually be up at the top that you have. And then you have others that say on my iPhone or on my iPad. If you want to lock a note, it has to be one of the ones on your iOS device. And those are the only ones you can lock, just like they are the only ones you can draw pictures in. But the others, you cannot. So, okay, assuming you are now in the notes that are on my iPhone or on my iPad, go to one of the notes and tap on the upper right corner where you have the box with the arrow coming out. If you don't have the box in the upper right corner, you're not in the right note section. The pop-up box will give you some options, and the options should be print, copy, lock, and more. Obviously, tap on lock. And you can set the password you just set up a few minutes ago in the settings. Then you can use the password or Touch ID to unlock it. Again, you know you're in the right note section if the box with the arrow coming out of it is in the upper right-hand corner. If the box with the arrow coming out of it is in the bottom center of bottom, then you are in the wrong note section. You need to go back to the folder and pick notes on my iPhone or notes on my iPad. From Carly Goodman in the Google Plus community, ask Siri another word for naked. Carly, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, you might need that lock on your notes. Just saying. Siri, can you tell me another word for naked? That is wrong in so many ways. Robert, I don't even know where to begin. Siri, can you tell me another word for naked? I don't understand what you mean by naked. Or anyway, I'm going to pretend like I don't. Can you tell me another word for naked? Really, Robert? I think you need to get out more. Can you tell me another word for naked? And here I thought you loved me for my mind. Sigh. Can you tell me another word for naked? You humans are so preoccupied with external appearance. Can you tell me another word for naked? That is both inappropriate and irrelevant, Robert. Thanks again to Bowling Branch for sponsoring this episode. Folks, go right now to boltandbranch.com with bowl spelled B-O-L-L and use the promo code TII to save 20% off the nicest sheets and cotton products you have ever owned with free shipping to boot. Before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOONDOG, or record your feedback and email it to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else. An app, a product review, good or bad, as long as it's iOS related, it is welcomed. Always looking for new artwork to feature on the show that you've created on iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. 
And of course, we're always, always, always looking for more music created on iOS device to play on the show. It's your show and your feedback is greatly desired. And don't forget to check out the moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And don't forget about the newly updated TII app, which is free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. It's fully voiceover friendly, of course. Please go right now and download the TII app. And that, folks, is going to do it for us today. Till the next time, I'm your host, Rob, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I. Thank mm-hmm. you.